Hey friends, how you doing there? Welcome back to Babylon Talmudry. We're studying Daf Lama Test, Daf 39 of Masechta Ksubis, friends. Mm, well, I'm going to tell you what today's Daf talks about. Well, we continue talking about a shtickle like the Knas. Interesting question about Yesh Beger Bakever or Ain Beger Bakever. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Maybe I'll look it up. No, I don't want to look it up. I want to pronounce it the way I pronounce it. What do you want me to tell you? Tomato, tomato. And then we get to a new Mishnah about... Um, uh, the you know the differences between um, ones and mefate and the payments. So, friends, this is what we're doing today. What do you want me to tell you? Let's go weiter. So, so we're going to start off with Ches and with Beis. Yeah, Lamed Ches and with Beis. Four line, five lines from the bottom. Omer Abai says Abai. Ba'alevo Mesa Potter. Ho ho. So what happens? Okay, so the situation of ones and mefate, um, and then she. Dies. So, of course, by Onus Mufata, there's a fine of 50 shekels. So, but what happens if she dies? Does he still have to pay the fine? So, Potter. So, Bai says, no, he doesn't have to pay the fine anymore. Shinemar is the Potsuk says, We've seen this before that the Potsuk says that he give, that he pays the fine to the father of a Naira, of a living Naira, not to the father of, of a corpse. Now, that which is obvious to Abaye, that Abaye says, yeah, it's, an, it's, it's no question. Um, when, if she's dead, so then there's no, so then, so then there's no fine. She's got to be alive for there to be a fine. If she's dead, there's no fine. But, Rava Taka has kashas about this. And he says, the boy Rava, the Rava Asakasha, Yesh beggar bakever, or in beggar bakever. Do, um, is there beggar bakever or not? What does that mean? What does that mean? Yesh beggar bakever, the bno have, or do me in beggar bakever, the via have. No, what, what, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? So the question, let me roll up my sweet, my sleeves. That's not a bad idea. Roll up my sleeves. Right, we're getting our hands dirty. Got to roll up my sleeves. So, yeah. Um. So, what happens is, is, is okay. So, if you have, um, if, if, uh, so there's a situation of onesumafata, right, with this uh, girl who's in Naira. Now, if by the time they get around to paying the fine, she's already a bogaris, so then the money goes to her, as opposed to the father, right? So, if, um, you know, this fellow rapes or seduces this, this Naira. So if he's paying the fine, um, when she's still in Naira, so it goes to the father. But, um, if she's already a Bulgarist at the time that he pays the fine, so then it goes, then the money goes to her. Now, what happens if she died? Right? So there was a situation of onus and Mufata. And then before, um, the fellow paid the fine, she died. And by the time it comes for him to pay the fine, at that point, she would have already been a Bulgaris. I don't know, maybe she died, uh, you know, the day, I don't know, what was it? So, so Naira is 12 and then, uh, she becomes a Bulgaris at 12 and a half. So then, by the time he comes to pay the fine, she would have already been 13, let's say. So she, if she was alive, she would have been a Bulgaris and the money would have gone to her. So, do we say Yesh Beger Bakever? Do we say that even when she's dead? She still becomes a Bulgarian to the extent that if she had a child, now the Gemara is going to try to figure out how could she have had a child, but if she had a child, then the money would go to the child as the inheritor of her, as her inheritor, 
Or do we say, ain't beggar bakever? No. Time gets frozen when she dies. When she died, she was a naira still, so it goes to the father. That, that is the kasha that Rav is asking, right? So, again, so, so, miboyu le Rav, Rav asks, diboyu Rav, yesh beggar bakever, in beggar bakever. Can she become, do we treat it that she continues to age, that she becomes a bulgaris even after she's dead, or not? Do we say, yesh beggar bakever? Do we say that she becomes a bulgaris? Even in her grave, Udibnahave, and therefore, since we can't pay her because she's no longer alive, but we'll we'll give the fine to the son. Or maybe um, we say that she doesn't become a Bulgarian after she's dead and she died in Naira, so the money goes to the um to her father. Now the Gemara wants to know, I don't understand. How could we have a situation where she was uh, pregnant? That there are three uh, women who are permitted to have relations with a moch. Uh, moch is understood to be, you know, some kind of, I think we saw it the other day, but um, that after having bia, she would use like a cloth to absorb the semen uh, to, I guess, to lower the chances of pregnancy. So there are three women who are permitted to do this. Elu and these are them. Kitano muberes minika a kitano, a minor, a somebody, a woman who's pregnant and a woman who's nursing. Kitano shem tisabe vitamos that if she's a kitano, then maybe she will get pregnant and uh, uh, die. Muberes shem ataisa ubersandol and if she's pregnant, then we're concerned that if she gets um, pregnant again, well then the first fetus can get sort of squished by the new fetus. Manika Shamatigmal is bina, and a woman who's nursing, maybe if she becomes pregnant, so then her she wouldn't be able to produce milk properly, and her child that she's nursing can die if she can't properly produce milk. So therefore, these three women are permitted to be mishdameshes b'moch to prevent themselves from getting pregnant. Now ve'ezo he kitano. Now when we say that a kitana, a minor, is allowed to be mishdameshes b'moch. We are talking about a minor girl who is between the ages of 11 in a day and 12 in a day. Um, but if she's less than 11 in a day, or if she's greater than 12 in a day, then she doesn't, you know, she could just have Bia normally, because if she's less than 11 in a day, then she won't get pregnant. And if she's more than 12 in a day, so then she can get pregnant, but it won't be dangerous for her. But between 11 in a day and 12 in a day, um, she may, um, uh, if she gets pregnant, then it can be dangerous. That's Reb Meir's opinion, all of this. That, um, that, no, in any of these situations, she can just have Bia normally. And the Ebishter will just, you know, have uh, have mercy upon her. the says, that the Ebishter watches out for the foolhardy. So, so, so therefore, in any of these situations, the Ebishter will take care that she doesn't um, get uh, pregnant and, and have a sort of dangerous situation. So the question is, how exactly would she be able to have had a child before she died? Right? Meaning, we're saying that she that she died when she was a Naira. Now, if she died when she was a Naira and she had a child, then she must have conceived when she was a Kitana. 
Now, if she was uh, um, a katana, however, we said that, um, you know, if she's less than 11 in a day, since she wouldn't be able to conceive. And if she was more than 11 in a day, then it would be dangerous. So how would she be able to have a child? Now, what I don't understand, though, is that in order for there to be a knas, so then she would have to be a besula. Now, she's obviously not a besula if she had a baby. So I don't necessarily understand that piece, but we end up rejecting it anyways. Um, but anyway, so we're trying to figure out how could it possibly be that she had a child at the time that she died as a Naira, meaning she died as a Naira and she already had a child, but how could she have conceived that child? She must have conceived the child when she was a Katana, but that would be dangerous. Either it wouldn't be possible or it, right? it wouldn't really make sense to say that she had a, she conceived when she was a Katana and had a baby when she was a Naira because that would be either impossible or dangerous. Um, but maybe she got pregnant as a Naira and also gave birth when she was a Naira. But how could that be? Because, right, let's go back for a second. That the period of Nairus is only six months. So therefore, we can't really say that she got pregnant and gave birth all as a Naira because it's only six months. And if you're going to say that, no, what Shmuel means is that uh, um, uh, Nairus is at least six months. It's never less than six months. But but he says it's only, right, it says, right, it's only six days, no more than that, no less, uh, only six months, no, right, no more than that. So, this is what Rava is asking. Yesh beger bakever ufaka av, odima in beger bakever velo poka av. So, um, do we say that there is beger bakever, um, and therefore the, right, money doesn't go to the father? Do we say, in beger bakever velo poka av? No, what, what we're asking is not necessarily that if she had a child, meaning we had understood this yesh beger, if we say yesh beger bakever, that she becomes a bogaris in her grave, which means that then just like if she was alive, the money would go to her. Now that she's dead, the money can go to her child. But we basically said it's, it's, it's not really possible for her to have a child in this, in this context because how she could she have gotten pregnant? Aside from the fact that I don't understand how she could have gotten pregnant because, I mean, she would have had to have been a basula at the time uh, right there that this happened. Which means that if she had a child, it could have only been after that. I mean, and ultimately we're saying that, right? It's not really possible. Anyways, right? So we're saying, so then what does it mean, yesh beger bakever, ain beger bakever? Well, it doesn't mean that if she has a child, then the money would go to the child. It means that if we say beger bakever, so then the money would go to her, she's dead, so the money doesn't go to anybody. And the guy can just kind of hold on to it. When do we say ain beger bakever, and, 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 uh, even if she's dead, the money still goes to the father. My bravashi boy lo hochi. My bravashi asks, Misa osabagus o ain osabagus. Right? That when she dies, does that automatically make her a bogaris? And I think what that means is that because if it automatically makes her a bogaris, like when she dies, i.e., that the money would go to her, but she's dead, but, but so then it, um, doesn't go to her, so it doesn't go to anybody. Or do we say, ain misa osabagus? Um, Right, which would mean that no, the money still goes to the father. So it's essentially Rav is asking, when she dies, does the money still go to the father, or does the guy get to keep it? Take who we say we don't know the answer to Rav's kasha. So 
that's, I think going back to the beginning of the Gemara, right, that's what we were saying, right, Dover, where are we? That that which was obvious to Abaye, right? That he says that well, it says right, that if she's dead, it doesn't uh, then there's no fine anymore. But Rabbi actually wasn't sure. Abaye was sure that there's no fine anymore. Rabbi says we're not sure, right? Do we say if we say that Misa Ose Bagrus, then she's a Bulgarian and the money goes to her, but she's dead, so it doesn't go to anybody, right? So do we say that or do we say Ain Misa Ose Bagrus? That, um, that, no, that when she died, she died in Iris, so the, so the money would go to the father. And we say, take it according to Rava, we don't know the answer. Okay, fine. Boy mine, Rava me abai, Rava asakasha from abai. Bo olev nisairsa mau. What happens if, um, he slept with her, and then she got engaged? And then she got engaged. Now, of course, we had learned yesterday that if, she had, right, there was a machlokas between Rabbi Yossi Aglili and Rabbi Akiva regarding what if she got engaged and, she, or, and then divorced, right? There was all sorts of questions about engagement. But what happens if at the time that uh, this happened, right, of the right, onus of Mephate, at the time that it happened, she was a regular Naira Basula, but then she got engaged afterwards. So does the money go to her or does the money go to the father, right? So she's still alive. So we want to know who does the guy have to pay, her father or her? Omarle. So Abai says to Rovi, Miksiv Naira Asher Lo Arusa. Does it say that? Right? Does the pasuk doesn't say that Itafka goes to the father Asher Lo Arusa, to the father of the girl who is not engaged? So meaning that even though she's engaged, it still goes to the father. To which Rovi says with the time. Or the tiny that which we learn in the Brisa, Baalei Avnisays Le'atzma. Right, the pasuk. Right, right. We have a Brisa that says that if there was a situation of onus mufata, but then she got married, the money goes to her. But miksev and also naviyah naira shalon ashalon esua. But it doesn't say that you give it to the father of the naira who isn't married. It says you give it to the father of the naira, and even if she gets married, it should still go to the. Naira, according to your logic, right? So it says Rava, right? So Rava asks Abai, he says that if he, right, if there was a situation of the rape or the seduction, and then afterwards she got engaged, right? Rava asks Abai, what, does the money go to her or does the money go to the father? Abai says, well, I mean, there's no indication in the Pasuk to say that it should go to her. It should go to the father. It should continue going to the father. To which Rava says, yeah, but we know that if she got married, it would go to her. And there's also no indication in the Pasuk uh, either that if she got married, it would go to her rather than to the father. So Abai says, yeah, but it's different. Also, when it comes to marriage, well, since if she becomes a Bogaris, so then she's no longer in the uh, um, uh, domain of her father, right? And she, the money would go to her, right? And um, when she gets married, she's also no longer in the domain of the father. So just like when it comes to a Bulgarian who's no longer in the domain of the father, if the, right, she's raped or seduced as a Bulgarian, so the money goes to her. Um, um, and, and also by Nisuin, Right, if uh, she, right, if there was a situation of Onusun Mufata and then she gets married, 
So she's also out of her father's domain and the money goes to her. But by Arison, that's not the case. Right? When she gets engaged, she's not complete, she's not completely outside of the domain of the father. Because after all, we learn in the Mishnah, that if you have a Naira who's engaged, so both her father and her husband, right, if she makes like a nether, a vow or something, they both need to, um, 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 annul the vow and not just one of them. So we see that even after she's engaged, she's still in the domain of the father. So therefore, says Abai, look, I understand that when she gets married, so then the money can go to her. And that when she's a Bulgaris, the money goes to her. But if she's engaged, the money would still go to the father. All right. Sounds good to me. Says the Mishnah, Mafata no that in the case of seduction, so the seducer pays three things, and the rapist pays four things. When it comes to the situation of Mifate, uh, so of course there's the 50 shekel knas that we've been talking about, and there's also boshes ufugam, right? Um, embarrassment and sort of uh, um, um, uh, lowering of like her stature. Most of all of onus, and when it comes to um, rape, so then there's an additional uh, uh, fine, which is shenosin as a tsar, right? Additional payment, which is that he has to pay for the tsar, for the pain that he caused her. Mabin onus the mafata, so what's the difference between onus and mafata? Onus nosin as a tsar, and mafata and nosin as a tsar, okay? As we just said, that by onus, there's the tsar payment, the pain payment, and by mafata, there is no tsar payment. Onus nosin miyad. Now, when it comes to onus, he automatically has to pay the fine, right? There's no getting out of the fine. Whereas, only when it comes to seduction, when it comes to mifate, it's only if they don't end up getting married, right? So when it comes to ones by rape, so then, so then, you know, he has to pay the fine and also he can't just leave her. Um, now, uh, I'm, she doesn't have to get married to him, but if, whatever reason she does, then he has no choice. He's got to stay with her. Now, as we're going to see in a second. Now, when it comes to Mifate, so then there's sort of the option for them to get married. And if they do get married, so then then he doesn't have to pay anything. But if they don't get married, so then, so then he has to pay the 50 shekels fine. So it's not automatic that he has to pay the 50 shekels fine in by Mifate. That's only if they don't get married. Ha'ones Shotzeba Atzitzo a, by uh, Ones, the guy is basically, um, and he drinks from his own um, uh, pot or whatever, kilo. He's basically uh, has to deal with the consequences of his actions. By Mefate, Motzi, whereas um, by Mefate, by seduction, uh, he doesn't necessarily need to uh, get married. Let's see, Ketzad. What does this mean? Ketzad shows about Tito. What does it mean he has to drink from his own pot? So, you know, even if uh, this girl that he raped is uh, lame or blind or has some kind of uh, like skin diseases, he's gotta, he's gotta stay with her. Now, if it turns out that there's like an erva that he's like not allowed to be married to her, or she's somebody like a mamzeris who's not allowed to marry, you know, into the congregation, then he isn't able to stay with her. Says, right? That it says that, and then in a situation of onus, they have to remain married, but that's dafka if 
it's somebody who he can be married to. But if um, it's somebody who's not allowed to be married to, so then they don't remain married. Now, what exactly is this pain that he's paying for when it comes to Onis? So says well, um, when he was raping her, he threw her on the ground. And that's the tsar that he's paying for. Um, but then Rebzeir Asakashi says, I don't understand. So what, if he didn't throw her on the ground, instead of he threw her on a bed and there was no pain involved, he didn't throw her on the ground, he threw her onto something soft, so then he doesn't have to pay tzar. But if you just say, yeah, right, if there was no pain involved, if he just threw her on a bed or on something uh, softer, then there would be no tzar payment. But so, 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 Reb Shimon ben Yehuda says the name of Reb Shimon that actually, right, he disagrees and it says that in a situation of rape, there is no tsar payment. Because ultimately, she's going to experience the same pain under her husband. And therefore, this isn't anything specific to Onis. Amrullah, they said to him, to which, is, to which they respond to Rib Shimon ben Yehuda in the name of Rib Shimon, that it, you can't compare this because Ones rape is against her will, whereas with her husband it's willingly, and, and therefore it makes them, right, right, one is not okay, one of them is okay. And therefore, what's the point? The point is that Rib Shimon ben Yehuda said the name of Rib Shimon, that there's no tsar because the same thing is going to happen with her husband. Now, clearly then we're not talking about throwing her on the floor, right? Right. Avod Shmuel said that the tsar is that he threw her on the floor when he was raping her. Now, the thing is that Reb Shim ben Yehuda says that there's no tsar because the same tsar that she experienced by the owner, she's going to experience with her husband. Now, that's not a tsar of him throwing her on the floor, right? Rather, what that is, is the tsar of, I mean, she was a besula, and whatever pain there might be involved in, in having Bia uh, for the first time. So, so, so that is the tzai that we're talking about, to which the rabbis respond to Abshim ben Yehuda, and they say that, yeah, but it, right, it, 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 it's different, right, that tzai in the context of uh, ones, as opposed to in the context of, uh, you know, being with her husband. El Omer of Nachman, Omer Rabba Bar Avua, tzai shal pisukar so, rather, says Rav Nachman, in the name of Rav Barvua, the tsar that we're talking is the tsar of the separation of her legs. And similarly, the Apostle says, that Yechezko um, was rebuking the Yidin, that it's like they were harlots who were uh, opening their legs to anybody who passed by. Well, if the tsar is uh, simply the tsar that is involved in opening of her legs, so then why should, then that, that should be tsar, that's by mefuta as well. Right? I mean, if we had said initially that it was the tsar of throwing her on the ground, so now it only by on, be, by onus, not by mefata. But if we're saying that it's the tsar of the opening of the legs, well, both by onus and mefata, that's relevant. So, well, how can we, uh, you know, sort of, uh, understand, conceptualize this? Right, well, one of them is consensual and one of them is not. That this, so therefore, by mifate, it's similar to somebody who says, "Look, I give you permission to tear my garment, and you know, and, and you won't be responsible for it." So also by mifate, sure, there might be some kind of tsar, there might be some tsar involved in uh, opening of the legs, but uh, 
But it was something that, that she said, don't worry about it. Shali says, how can she just say, don't worry about it? The money's not going to her, the money's going to her father. So it says of that actually, when it's consensual, there is no tsar at all. And therefore, right, it's only, there would only be tsar if it's onus, if it's non-consensual, so then, so then there's tsar. But when it's consensual, um, it wouldn't be considered tsar. But one second, but, but whether it's consensual or not, there still would be this tsar. Amrabai says, Abai, Amrli Aim, that says Abai that his mother told him, his mother, of course, was his nurse, he was an orphan, that this tsar would be the equivalent of warm water on a bald head. Rav Amr says, Rav Amrli Bas Rav Chizda, Rav says that Rav Chizda's daughter told him, now he was married to Rav Chizda's daughter, that it's like the needle of a blood letter. Rav Pope Omar Omerli Bas Abasura'a. Rav Pope says that his wife told him, Kinaima Akusha Bichinke. It's basically, it's like the equivalent of coarse bread on a pallet that scrapes against your pallet. Says the Mishnah, Ones Nosin Miyad Vamfatil So the Mishnah had said that by Ones, so the, the rapist needs to pay the fine immediately. Whereas by Mefate, he doesn't necessarily pay the fine, he only pays the fine in the event that they do not end up getting married. So Lichshayotzi, Ishtoi, to which the Gemara says, I don't understand, what do you mean that he only pays the fine Lichshayotzi when he sort of like divorces her, but they're not necessarily married in the first place. So Amar says, No, if they don't get married. I mean, if they don't get married, they don't end up getting married, then by Mefate he has to pay the 50 shekels. Tanya Namiyachi, we also learn like this, Afapishama Mefate Nosid Lichsho Yichnos, that even though we said that by Mefate, that by seduction, he only pays the 50 shekels if they end up not getting married. Boshes Ufugam Nosid Miyad. But Boshes and Pagam, he automatically has to pay immediately. Vechara Ones, Vechara Mefate, and both when it comes to Ones and Mefate, Ben Chi, now, both when it comes to Ones and when it comes to Mefate, either she can uh, uh, refuse or the father can refuse, right, that uh, they're not interested in uh, this Shidduch. Bishlam and Mefuta, I understand by seduction, both her and her father can veto the marriage. Ksiv, it says, that if her father will surely refuse for them to get married, in the Elo Avia, so all I know is that her father can refuse. He asked me, how do I know that she can also refuse? Tamil Omar, Imoin Yemoin. It says, if she will certainly, um, refuse me, Komakum. You know, as long as there is a refusal, whether it's from her, whether it's from her father, there can be a refusal. Elo Onis, Bishlama I, so I, but when it comes to rape, I understand that she can veto this marriage to the rapist. Because the Pazik says, Velosia, Midait. It says that she will be to him as a wife, that she, you know, it has to be her, she has to be interested in it. How do I know that her father can also veto this um, shiruch? So, Amr says, so that the sinner should not um, win out. Meaning, that you have this uh, rapist, now, before he raped her, so then, if the father didn't like him, he could say, look, you're not marrying my daughter. 
But if now that he rapes her, if we say that the father is not allowed to veto it, so, so that means that then he could marry her above the, the father's objections, he just won, right? It's like a loophole. If you have a guy who wants to marry a girl and the father doesn't want it, so he could just rape her and then the father has no say in the matter anymore. So says Abai, in order to prevent a loophole where the, where the rapist now is married to this girl, um, we say that the father can also veto this shidduch. Rava Omer says, Rava Kavachomer, Mamifate Shalo Avar Ela Adas Avia Bilvad, that when it comes to seduction, right, if um, this fellow and this girl also were interested in, in, in having relations uh, or getting married, and the father was not interested, but then they uh, sleep together consensually. So it's against the father's will, but not, not, but it was consensual from, from her, right? From coming from her. And we say that by Mefate, both she and her father could reject the, uh, you know, the marriage. So, when it comes to rape, when it comes to Ones, where neither the father nor the daughter were wanted this, certainly then both will be able to veto his, um, his, uh, his, his, his marriage to her. Rava the Omer the reason why Rava didn't say, like Abaye, who says, that um, the father can veto the marriage when it comes to Ones so that the rapist cannot win out. So, Rava says, yeah, but I mean, clearly we're, we're not concerned about the sinner benefiting over here because we're forcing him to pay a 50 shekel fine. So clearly, you know, he's not benefiting over, you know, we're not concerned about him sort of uh, benefiting from this because he's losing out and that he has to pay 50 shekels. Abai lo amr ki rave, and Abai doesn't say like rave about the kavachomer because mifate de iu motzi me'akev avianami motzi me'akev because I could say look it may it, logically I can argue that well when it comes to mifate just like he could say that he's not interested in being married and pay the fifty shekels fine so the father can also say that um um you know that um the father also is not interested in the shidduch. Ones to you lo when it comes to um, uh, uh, rape that he's not able to say that he's you know he doesn't want to be married to her. I mean he doesn't have the choice. So avianami lo I can argue also that the father cannot in that case uh, veto either. Right, only she can. Okay, so therefore Abai doesn't say like Rav. Rav doesn't say like Abai. Tani idoch. We have another price that says afapisha amu ones nosim yad kishe yotzi. Um, I'm sorry, Miyad. So even though we say that when it comes to Ones, he automatically has to pay the 50 shekels. Kishayotzi, if they end up getting divorced, who, Kishayotzi, who, if he divorces her, then she cannot claim Eksuba. Kishayotzi, Mimotzi, Mapikla. What do you mean if he divorces her? He's not allowed to divorce. That's the whole point, right? If he raped her, he has to stay with her. He doesn't have a choice in the matter. I mean, she could say that she's not interested, but uh, he has no say in the matter of breaking up this marriage. She has to stay with her forever. Um, so what do you mean that if he divorces her, she gets no ksuba? No, what it means is that if she decides that she does not want to remain married anymore, well, she doesn't get a ksuba 
um, because he already paid the 50 shekel fine. If they, right, if they end up not remaining married, so then she doesn't get a ksuba. Yotza, kesef knosa bichsuba also, because the, the 50 shekels that he paid for the fine was sort of in lieu of the ksuba. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yuda, Omer, yesh lo ksuba mono. So Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yuda says that there is a ksuba, uh, a, a hundred, a hundred zuz ksuba. But Michael, let's forget what's the machlokas between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yuda. So, uh, Rabbon and Sabi, the rabbis hold time of my takinu Rabbon and Ksube. How come we have this concept of Ksube? Kadesh lo take halabain of lo tzia. Valomotzi ma'apikla, the sort of, I think we've seen this before in the past, that what's the point why there's a, why the rabbis said that we want Ksube? So that it shouldn't be easy for him to divorce her, right? Meaning, you don't want the husband to just be able to divorce his wife without any kind of, um, um, consequence. So therefore we say, look, if you get divorced, there's going to be financial implications. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to pay for the ksuba. But in this case, he's not allowed to divorce her anyways. So therefore there really is no need to have this um, uh, ksuba. Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yudo, Sovar, Honami Mitzayrla, Ado Amrahi, Loba Inalach. Says Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yudo, but yeah, if you don't have any, but if you don't have any ksuba, so sure, maybe he can't divorce her, but he can make her life miserable. And therefore, um, we, you know, if, if, uh, if there's no ksuba at all, and there's no, he has no sort of skin in the game, uh, for her to get, the, if she get, if they get divorced, so then he might make her life miserable until they get divorced. So Rebuda says, look, there still has to be at least a 100 zuz ksuba, so that, um, you know, he would think twice about sort of artificially creating a circumstance in which, um, it will lead to divorce by sort of making her life miserable. So if you enjoy, peace out.